Mary and Martha. Hey. Welcome. Hey, everybody. Good welcome. Good welcome and good welcome to one and to all to the Mary and Martha podcast. My name is Keisha. And I'm Christina. And we are here to celebrate with you that we are, we've made it to another day. We've made it to another week. Amen. And uh, we get to commune with each other. We get to commune with God. We get to celebrate the greatness that he has placed in our lives. And we get to think about how his word can be applied in our everyday lives. So we are here for the Mary and Martha podcast. And for those of you who don't know, Mary and Martha were two sisters who welcomed Jesus into their home. And like women who welcomed Jesus into their home, you know, the home had to get ready. And so they were tasked with doing that. And at one point, Martha was doing her work in the kitchen. She looked over and she's like, Mary, what are you doing? You sitting at Jesus' feet. And I was like, I'm here and I'm doing the work. And so uh, Jesus was like, look here now, Martha, you worried about the wrong things. Okay. And so Mary and Martha remind us of kind of the way in which we can pro- approach our relationship with Christ. So mm. yes, do the work. That's but good. most importantly, pay attention to the message. Mm. Always be ready mm. to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn something good from him. So we're hoping that when you join us today, you'll learn a little something from this podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> First of all, you're late. Either. <laughs> that was good. Was I it? Like I just, I just, a good litigator never loses the skill of uh, improvisation being in a pocket. Yeah. So Keisha and I wanted to create a meeting place by and for women of faith to be encouraged, inspired and empowered to live life of impact. Jesus's actions and interactions reflected the dignity, worth and equality that he saw in each and every woman and that's the intention we want to build upon so every thursday come and hang out with us we used to say 20 to 25 minutes but that became untrue so we're gonna go with less than 30 minutes we are here we will say less than a half hour yes we will in the name yeah we promise that one Mm -hmm. um so if you wanted to connect with us and we love to hear from everybody please visit us on instagram at mary and martha podcast email at mary and martha podcast at gmail.com or come hang out with us on our website, www.maryandmarthapodcast.com. So Keisha told us a little bit about Mary and Martha. So every week we have a Mary or Martha moment where we talk about whether we have been sitting at the feet of Jesus absorbing him or busy with the daily details. So this week I had... Um, it's probably more of a Mary than a Martha moment. Um, I had the privilege of going to see the movie Sinners Wanted, which is an awesome independent film made by the Jenkins it's brothers. Movie? It's a Jesus movie. Okay. And it's about the story of Hosea, um, the prophet. And it's so good. Um, a good friend of mine that I've known since I was a teenager, Josh Jenkins and his brother, Jimmy, um, wrote, produced, Um, everything directed the movie and um one of my really good friends shout out to amber and alicia campbell their sister oh you know ashley yeah she's the lead character 
I mean, I don't know her, but I know who she is because we yeah. went to high school at the same time. But I think I was a freshman when she was a senior and she was like pretty unpopular. So I was minding my business getting into the books. And she's still pretty unpopular. So shout out to Ashley um, for doing it as the prostitute in the film. Um, but it's a great film. It, it's, it is a Jesus film, but it's not corny. You know, okay, good. Because, you know, corny. Jesus films, they suffer from... Mm-hmm. The full field of corn. Yes, they do. (laughs) But this one wasn't corny. It was really funny. It was entertaining. I saw it twice, like I said. I saw it once with Bay. Oh, you really liked my girlfriend. Child. I I planned to see it once with your money two times on a Jesus movie. You really liked it. I did unintentionally. But you know what? It's all for the glory of God. I'm just saying. So, you know, go see the movie if you haven't gone to see it. It's planned next. This weekend at Magic Johnson Theater, Sinners Want It. Check it out. Come on, Black so what you? That's right. Oh, that reminds me that a family, a Black family opened uh, a theater right in Pikesville, like outside of Baltimore. We should go. We should. Now, you know it's going to be a road trip because it's in Pikesville. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just have to spend like a whole day out there. But mm-hmm. I'm totally down to go out there and support that Black family. Let's do it. Can Love we it. see us out there? Hmm? I haven't seen us yet. You haven't seen what? Us. Oh. The movie Us. Yeah. I mean, I don't watch movies. So, I mean, I'm just going to go well, there. Whatever you want to watch, we'll just do it. Okay. What was your Mary Martha moment? Because I had time to do it with your foolish <laughs> Judging me. Um, I actually, so, you know, I remember last, last week I was knee deep in Martha, but I'm really <laughs> excited to say that um, I've been, I've been on my Mary stuff. Now I'm excited to say that I'm not excited to be experiencing it because this has been like a really, really rough week personally. Mm. And um, I've learned that even in the face of personal attacks, that if you sit in a position to learn, um, that there's still value in it. You can, you can, what does the saying go? Chew the meat, spit out the bones, something like that. Some somebody black came up with something like that. But the point is, right, that I'm just like Wait, uh, Martha. Martha tried meat. to call out Mary, and Mary was just like, "I'm just trying to sit at the feet of the feet of Jesus and learn." That's where I'm at. I'm at the feet of Jesus, and I'm like, "Okay, God, all of this stuff is happening. Please direct me on what I should be learning from this and mm. how I can move forward." So mm. I'm. Excited that that's my posture. I pray that that continues to be my posture um, because I, I want to come out of this season having learned something great about myself and about the purpose that God put in me. So that's where I'm at. That's good. That's yeah. good. I mean, it's always whenever we, we feel like we're getting closer to God is when the devil's like, let me try to hit you with this. Yeah. Are you really not, as close to Jesus as you say you are? Not at all a coincidence. So that's fine. So, um, so I'm excited to report that. So what we're going to do now is after we do our Mary Martha moment, we always move into group chat and group chat now is our communing area of the uh, podcast. So this is where we get to talk about, um, real life issues, relevant things that go on with us every day, every week, every hour. And we get to talk about it from the perspective of faith. And so, um, every week, Christina and I switch off on who leads group chat And so this week, Christina is going to be leading group chat and I'm excited 
for what she has to present you guys to you guys today and to me because um, let me just get in my posture position. <laughs> Put your face to the Lord right Put now. Put in my learning posture on. Right. <laughs> you may proceed. I mean, you know, Keisha, this is right up your alley because have you ever talked a good game but had a problem with backing it up with action? Let me stop you right here. Let me stop you right here because mm. what I would ask for you to do as you continue is not to drag me. Okay. Thank mm, you. Okay. You may proceed. Okay. Your business, thank sir. you. Have you ever played spades and act like, acted like you had the big joker, little joker, deuce and all the face cards, but only really had the four of diamonds? Now I have a good poker face, but yes, mm. yes, I've mm. done it. All <laughs> of us have done it. <laughs> but you know, most importantly, have you ever talked a big game about trusting God and living for Jesus? But in the background, you aren't really living a life that's worthy of what you're saying. I just asked you not to drag me. I mean, you know, that's that's the position that Paul was in with the church of Colossae. So we are going to jump right into my favorite book of the moment, Colossians. And the scripture I'm reading from is Colossians 1, 3 through 10. So I'm going to be reading in a bunch of different versions today. Let me just be very clear. So I'm going to read the entire scripture in the New Living Translation. I'm going to also jump around to the Amplified Version and then the King James Version. You're getting all kinds of Jesus today in this right now. So starting off, and by the way, Paul was in prison when he wrote this letter. He, uh, theologians do not believe that he had visited the church at Colossae, but they were a church um, that had Greeks and, and Romans and Jewish people um, all at that church, and they were going through some issues where they um, had started bringing in some other lines of thought into the gospel. So they started worshiping angels. They started, um, the Jewish people who were there tried to say, you need to be circumcised and not eat, you know, certain things. And it was kind of diluting the gospel. So Paul wanted to write them this letter while he was in prison and just kind of get them together. Um, and the letter opens up. And like this, verse three, we always pray for you and we give thanks to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard that you trust in Christ Jesus and that you love all of God's people. You do this because you are looking forward to the joys of heaven as you have been ever since you heard, you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It's changing lives everywhere, just as it changed yours that very first day you heard and understood the truth about God's great kindness to sinners. Epaphras, our much-loved co-worker, was the one who brought you the good news. He is Christ's faithful servant, and he's helping us in your place. He is the one who told us about the great love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So we have continued praying for you ever since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you a complete understanding of what he wants to do in your lives. And we ask him to make you wise with spiritual wisdom. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And you will continually do good, good, kind things for others. All the while, you will learn to know God better and better. So I'm just going to kind of walk through this scripture instead of doing what we normally do. Um, so let's start with verse three. So we always pray for you and we give thanks to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You got to have 
in order to live this Christian life, you got to have somebody who is over you in authority, who is always covering you in prayer. If you don't have that person, you need to seek that person out who is going to check you when you're doing something that isn't always quite right. And somebody who's going to love on you when you're going through something that's hard. And Paul is is showing his authority over this church and letting them know that not only am I talking to God about you, but I'm giving thanks to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's he's setting up who he's talking to mm-hmm. about this particular church. I think well, we have heard that, that I like here mm-hmm. um, is that um, a good prayer always starts with gratitude. Mm-hmm. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what someone else is going through, whenever somebody asks me to pray for them, and I, I would advise this to everybody, if you're praying for someone, or even if you're talking about um, a difficult situation that you're going through, start with gratitude because it helps to anchor you being to be in a position to be blessed, even in the most difficult of situations. Like, wow, I got to get through another day. I'm thankful I woke up. And I have the strength to get through another day and then deal with the reality of the situation. Being grateful doesn't mean that you're not dealing with reality. It just means you're anchored in a way that you, you have the, the mental strength to deal with the Your reality. Your perspective is different. Yeah. Your perspective is one of, okay, God, I'm in this situation, but mm-hmm. I'm going to thank you because something good is going to come out of it. Yeah. And, and something good has already come out of it because you put me in the position to fight it or face it or get through, you know, whatever those mm-hmm. things, you know? Absolutely. Um, verse four, for we have heard that you trust in Christ Jesus and that you love all of God's people. The Amplified Version says, for we have heard your faith in Christ Jesus and how you lean on him with absolute confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. Are you leaning on God with absolute confidence? Let's stop right there. Absolute confidence. Right now, I'm sitting on a chair, and I have absolute confidence that the four legs are going to hold me, which is why I'm sitting on it in a way that probably I shouldn't be sitting on it. Mm -hmm. Do you have absolute confidence that Jesus, um, that you can lean on him with his power, his wisdom, and his goodness? Are you trying to lean on your own power and your own wisdom and your own goodness? Because if that's really what you're doing, you're not living the life Mm -hmm. that you need to be living. Like trusting in God is having faith in him. And for these these members of the church at Colossae, they had powerful faith and trust in God. And Paul was trying to get them, you know, big up them about what they were doing within their church. And that you love all of God's people. Like I said, in their church, they had so many different ethnicities. Their socioeconomic backgrounds were so different, which was unheard of back in that time. Back in back in this particular church, both slaves and their masters worshipped together. Mm-hmm. Both men and women worshipped together, which was so unheard of. And one thing Paul was trying to point out is that this church loved all of God's people. It wasn't a. It wasn't necessarily a total patriarchal system where the master and the man reigned everything. This was a radical type of church. This is a church that um, the, that God really wants to challenge us to be. Like we want to really love everybody. And the Amplified Version says the unselfish love that you have for all the saints, which are God, yeah. which is God's people. Because I think a lot of times when we 
we try to separate our faith in Christ and loving God's people. And you Mm -hmm. can't separate the two. If you've got true faith in Christ and you really believe in his word and what he set out for your life, it starts with loving people. Absolutely. And ends like you can't separate the two. Don't be one of those nasty Christians who like, I, I believe in God and da 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 da, and I'm, I'm over here you. judging you. And da, no, like God's love starts. God faith in Christ starts with God's love. Like Christ is love. God is love. You can't separate the two. You can't. You can't. Verse five. You do this because you are looking forward to the joys of heaven, as you have been ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. So remember when you first kind of started knowing Jesus and how excited you were to read your Bible? Remember when you first met, you know, your husband or your man and how excited you were to call him every day? How excited that you got when you saw those good morning text messages back in the day? That's the kind of excitement that this church had for God that was continuing and ongoing. Like Paul was saying that you know what, you guys are still that excited about the good news. And I want to appreciate you and big up you for that. Um, Verse five in the Amplified version talks about because they had the confident hope of experiencing that which reserved and was waiting for you in heaven. You've previously heard this hope in the message of truth, the gospel regarding salvation. They were so excited that the fact that they knew that they had they had heaven coming. Like I have a an experience, a love from God that he loves me so much that he wants me to be with him for eternity. Mm-hmm. That's the type of excitement that we should have about God. Those are the types of butterflies we should have about what's waiting for us on the streets of glory. And that's what this church had. Do we have that same excitement for God? For real? Like for real, for real? Like, do we get excited about opening our word and figuring out what it is that God wants to say to us today? That's why I try to do my devotion time in the morning. Because I can get so beat down by my day that like Mm. I come in and I just kind of collapse in the bed. But like if I'm like, you know what, before I deal with foolishness, before I deal with dumb opinions, before I deal with the unexpected turns of the day, let me get in my word. And the the fact of the matter is that when I don't take time to do that in the morning and then all the stuff in the day happens, I react to all of it differently because I haven't anchored myself with my morning devotion. So I'll look forward to that because it's like, no matter how bad my day ended, I'm waking up in the morning and before I deal with the foolishness, I'm dealing with Christ first. So that's how I stay excited. How do you stay excited? You got to stay excited. I, I get excited when I see things in the word that I haven't seen before. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever sat before and really read Colossians and really kind of dissected, mm-hmm. like, every part of it that I feel like, okay, God, you're really talking to me about how we should live our lives as Christians, like, how we should walk it like we talk it. So that, to me, is what gets me excited. And when I feel like I'm at a crossroads um, in life, like I want to be able to open my Bible and really be like, all right, God, you, you have the number one self-help book in the world. Yeah. What, what you got really to say to me? Be, what you, what you got to say? <laughs> like, let me open you up 
And let me figure out what it is that you want to say to help me get into a better place in my life, yeah. spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, mm-hmm. sexually. Everything is in this is in this world. Sexually, hello, so, Song of Solomon, get you together. <laughs> we gonna do a couple episodes on Song of Solomon. Because, ooh, let me see it. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is changing lives everywhere just as it changed yours that very first day you heard and understood the truth about God's great kindness to sinners. The word is the word is the word. It's the same thing no matter what. The gospel is constant everywhere. What I love is verse six in the Amplified Version says, which has come to you. Indeed, just as the whole world, the gospel is constantly bearing fruit and spreading by God's power. So bearing fruit is a big thing in the Bible, like a tree that bears fruit. um, Jesus got mad at a fig tree one day when he walked past it and like touched it and boom, it stopped bearing fruit. We are the trees. Like we have to be so rooted in God's word that that's really how we grow. We have to be able to get the nutrients from God's word so that we grow upwards right. and we bear fruit. Bearing fruit, if the if that fruit isn't picked off the tree, that fruit will rot. Yep. The fruit isn't for the tree. The fruit is for other people to pick it off the tree to be nourished. Yes. Are other people picking things off of your life and being nourished by them? Or are they being poisoned by the things that they're picking from your life? How are you growing? What is your fruit? What's your fruit? And, you know, another thing to think about is that when when a tree is like bearing fruit the way it's supposed to, other people picking the fruit off doesn't kill the tree. The tree yep. continues to bear fruit. Right. Because right. it's doing it in the healthy way. It's doing it in the right way. So, I, oh, I love that analogy about, well, I mean, the Bible's so good at these. <laughs> it just does so well. You know, the writers, they're so I awesome. Mean, you know, like, are, what are you bearing? Are you bearing fruit? And are you putting yourself in a position that other people can pick things off of you? Because if you're a tree that's like hidden, you're going to rot because the fruit on your tree, like if you have too much fruit on a tree, have you ever seen a tree, like an apple tree that hasn't been picked and the apples start to weigh the yeah. branches down mm-hmm. and start to break those branches. And then the rotted parts of the fruit start to go, that the rot starts to go inside the branches and you've got rats all around. That's what happens when you have a, a tree there's bearing fruit, but there's nobody around to benefit from what you have. Mm. You can't hide what you have because you're going to poison yourself. You're going to rot yourself if you don't allow people to glean something from you. And nourishing others is not going to kill you. In fact, that's you operating in your part. I wish people people could get the message that nourishing others is not not going to dim your shine, sis. Mm -mm. It's not going to kill you. In fact... Because it's what you were born to do, it'll it'll make you even better at what you're doing by lifting. I, I wish I wish we learned how to lift as we climb. Mm. Mm, mm. I mean, it, that's what we're born to do. We're born not to keep everything to ourselves mm-hmm. and hold on to everything. Verse seven. Epaphras, our much loved coworker, was the one who brought you to the good news. He is Christ's faithful servant, and he's helping us in your place. 
He's the one who told us about the great love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So they're kind of setting up who Epaphras is. Mm-hmm. Epaphras was a um, another teacher who was under Paul, who it was the one who went to the church at Colossae and who kind of acted as a, um, a messenger back and forth between Paul and the church. And for me, um, I think that Paul is big upping Epaphras right here because they know Epaphras snitched on them about what was going on in Colossae. So they, so he wanted to make sure everybody knew, no, Epaphras is somebody who's with me. Epaphras is somebody who loves you guys. And I want to make sure that my stamp is on Epaphras so that y'all aren't looking at him crazy when I see, when y'all see this letter about all the, all the crazy mm-hmm. stuff that y'all been doing. Verse nine. So we have continued praying for you ever since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you a complete understanding of what he wants to do in your lives. And we ask him to make you wise with spiritual wisdom. There are two things that Paul is asking for God to do for this church. Complete understanding of what God wants to do in their lives and to make you wise with spiritual wisdom. With those two particular things. Um, He says, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and you will continually do good, kind things for others. All the while, you will learn to know God better and better. Mm -hmm. All you need is for God to give you a complete understanding of what he wants to do and to give you spiritual wisdom. Then, I love the word then, then after you do that, um, the way you live will always honor and please God. So what I get from that is, are you striving to live the life of an accomplished career woman? Are you striving to live the life of a good wife? Are you striving to live the life of a loving mom? Or are we striving to live a life that will honor and please God? Everything else will fall into place Mm -hmm. because everything else, like if I'm striving to be an accomplished career woman, that's about me. If I'm striving to be a good wife, that's about me. It's also really, I'm striving to be a loving mom. It's a really small goal. It's a really small, mm-hmm. I just want to, I just want to strive to honor God. Like that's, that's it. I want to constantly do things that will please and honor God. Are you constantly doing things in your life that will straight up please and honor God no matter what? And, and for me, um, the complete understanding part, how do we get to that? How do we know what it is? Well, we have to really know his voice. We have to get in his face, i.e. his word. Mm-hmm. We have to really be so intentionally intimate with Christ. For me, I kind of equate it to when I am in a crowded room and my husband starts yelling, Jones, Jones. I know that that's my husband yelling my name, even if there's 100 people in that room, because that's the person that I'm intimate with. That's who knows my every thoughts, who knows my every fear, who's with me every day. If a a stranger started yelling out, Jones, Jones, I wouldn't turn around because I don't know them. You have to understand what God's voice sounds like to you. And that is really being intentionally intimate with him through his word and through praying for him, praying with him. Um, So and I want to say when it comes to like living a life that honors God, the reason why you want to push for that as opposed to like a small, oh, I want to be a wife. Oh, I want to be a great businesswoman. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. Those are not big enough. If you saw, if you Mm-mm. saw the caption on Instagram, you're you're not going to be in the exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask yeah. or think. If the goal Mm-mm. is just to do one particular thing, those are small goals. 
living a life that honors and honors and pleases God means it could look like anything. It means you could be a wife, but if you live in honor and pleasing God and you're single and you doing all this amazing work in the world and it's because you're single that you're able to live the life that honors and pleases God, then boom, sis, you doing it. You know, if it right. means that you're doing it as a lawyer, if it means that you're doing it as a uh, fast food manager, if it means that you're doing it as a dog, as a veterinarian, as a doctor, as a PhD, whatever it is, if you're living a life that honors and pleases God, if that's the goal, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter how people right. come against you or come at you. You will always work to live and honor him, which means that you will bear fruit. And you will be able to love mm-hmm. his people despite all of what may come at you. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you do that, the the word says you'll continually do good, kind things mm-hmm. for others. And it goes back to that bearing fruit mm-hmm. metaphor. Like you'll continue to bear fruit. All the while you will learn to know God better and better. So uh, let's wrap up. We could talk a good game about loving God, but if we're not praying, asking him for guidance and living in a way that honors God and bearing fruit, are we truly walking it like we talk it? So you got to do three things this week. One, talk to God. Just talk to him. Just pray. Have a conversation with him. Two, get in his word. I'm going to challenge y'all to go back and read First Colossians. Go back and read it. Go back and read it because we may be talking about this next week too. You never know. Um, and then three, live a life that's worthy of being called his daughter. All right. And so let me just walk us right into our power of prayer of this week. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, God, for the opportunity to be here, to be aware, to be present um, and to be in your presence. God, thank you, God, for what you have put in every single woman that's listening to the sound of my voice. God, thank you, God, that despite what she is going through this week, whether it be the difficulty of dealing with other people, whether it be the difficulty of dealing with herself and her mind, God. God, I ask that you would strengthen her to go beyond that, God. Call her to live a life that is worthy and honor of pleasing you, God. Make us focus on what you have for us and not what we have for ourselves. Because, because God, if we go after you and what you have for us, then you will honor the wishes and the desires of our hearts. So God, we ask that you would help us to love others. We ask most importantly that you would help us to love ourselves, God. Help us to be filled with your knowledge so that we can pour into other people. Help us to seek your face so that we can be nourished and filled by you, God. God, help us to walk forward in power and in your presence and in knowing that we are walking in purpose. Thank you, God, for this time and keep us safe as we come together in another week next week. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. We almost caught our goal. You know what? I just think we shouldn't say a time thing and then we won't ever be late, but we know that we don't want to go I mean, too long. I mean, y'all know we're here. Y'all know. I think, you know, sometimes the Bible will catch you up. So I hope that we hope you learned something this, this week. We are the Mary and Martha Podcast. Hope to see you next Bye. week. Hang out with us on IG and Mary and Martha Podcast on, on um, our website, www.maryandmarthapodcast.com. Yes. <laughs> Or hit us up via email, maryandmarthapodcast at gmail.com. See you next week.